Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Talkin' with Andrew and Chris. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chris, and today we sat down with Hayden of the band Tunnel Vision. This episode is a very interesting one. Hayden is quite literally taking us through the motions of being on tour, as you'll be able to hear throughout this conversation with him. He was going through his backpack, walking on the street before the show to try and find some place to eat, and you know, we welcomed it because we want to, you know, we try our best to give you guys a look inside the life of a touring musician, and what better way than to talk to someone who's preparing for a show on tour. Yeah, it was definitely one that hit close to home for me and Chris hearing it. It just kind of took us back to being on tour and having to do all that stuff. And (laughs) I mean, we obviously get into a lot of other stuff in the episode, but that one is just like if you're a touring musician listening to this, you're going to you're going to very easily recognize all the sounds you're going to hear. Oh, it took us back. It, it took us way back to the beginning. And with that being said, back to how we usually like to start these things, we, we want to talk to you guys about our band, The Stash. We just put out a new song called Thunder on all major DSPs. That's digital streaming platforms for those of you who don't know. And if you don't know, you should probably learn because it is the future. And our song is in the future. It's on all those platforms. So follow us at The Stash NY. We're freaking hyped on this new song and we hope you guys like it as much as we do. We just want to thank you guys so much for continuing to support this podcast that is our other passion besides the band we've got social medias all over the place for it at talking podcast with no g so hit us up and all of that and the stuff for our band is all in the description below so be sure to head there and check it out and without further ado here is soul driver by tunnel vision back with Hayden from Tunnel Vision. Hayden, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, guys? How's, how's it going? Going pretty good. We just had a big lunch, and I'm feeling very slow. <laughs> so bear with me. If... So. Oh, there you go. Very oh, cool. yeah, you're uh, you're in Utah, right? Yep, just got to Salt Lake City this morning. Damn. Oh, nice. But So where are you guys actually from, though? Um, we're from San Clemente, California, which is right in between L.A. and San Diego, a little small beach town. Okay. <clears throat> That's what I thought. I just was a little confused. So are you guys like on tour right now or recording somewhere or what's going on? Yeah, so we're uh, on our tour right now. Um, we've, we have like a lot of dates, like 30-something dates. So we're on, uh, we're on the road for a solid couple months and uh, we're kind of promoting this new EP we're putting out, The Shipwreck. So this is called The Shipwreck Tour. Um, we, we already finished the Northwest leg of it and now we are in salt lake city we have a show tomorrow and then we start heading east towards you know i think we got colorado and texas and then headed out to the east coast up and down there and then back so Hell we yeah, are, man. Uh, we're, we're rolling on the grind good to hear dude so, so how's, how's it been so far 
it's been awesome. All the shows have been great. Um, tons of friends coming out. Um, just good, good times, good music, lots of driving as usual. And, uh, just, uh, just another tour, you know, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, so let's just, let's just jump in from, from the beginning here. You guys are fairly newer, um, in the whole, in the whole reggae scene and you, you recently signed, well, not recently, but a little while ago you signed with law records and now you're coming up on your second release with them. Right. Um, yep. and, and so why don't you bring us, take us back, you know, bring us through sort of the history of you as a musician yourself, what sort of first got you into it and uh, walk us through like the stages that tunnel vision has been through so far, if, if you could. Okay, so me and Jacob started Tunnel Vision when I was about 15, 16 years old. Um, me and him were in high school, and uh, we just liked to play music. We were just a couple surfer, skater kids that liked to hang out and do that. We just played music just for fun, you know? We never thought that it would ever become our jobs or anything. We just did it because we liked to do it. We would set up shows and stuff with all our friends and abandoned parking lots and wherever we could play as 15, 16 year old kids, you know, <laughs> and, uh, we, yep, we would just, we just had fun with it and did it. And, uh, throughout the years we started playing more shows and then, um, we took a break for a little bit. I was in a couple other bands, punk rock bands playing around. And then, uh, we revived the whole thing, kind of decided to bring tunnel vision back in like 2012. And, uh, we went from there, started really taking it seriously, playing some shows and, after I graduated high school and was in college, um, we started really trying to grind down. We're like, hey, maybe we can do this and started playing music and uh, just kind of dropped everything and started to do that. And uh, we got signed in 2015 to a label called Whiskey Barrel Records. We were with them for a couple of years, dropped our first album, Tunnel Vision self-titled record. Um, we did that at Slight Stupid Studios there. Started really touring nationally around that er that time, um, and then uh, we got signed with Law Records after that, and we put out Days Away, which was our next album, and uh, that one did really well. And we've just been touring solid and really just working hard the last uh, couple of years, and just been on tour nonstop. We've got tons of new music in the works, and uh, yeah, it's been good. Amazing, man. And, and so, so what about you personally? Like, like, wh when did you first like want to pick up a guitar? And and is Tunnel Vision like your your first band? Or I know you mentioned you had a few other bands. Yeah, I was in a couple other punk rock bands. I was really influenced in the punk rock um, music, like old eighties hardcore and stuff, when I was younger. And just because my parents were into that, and uh, and. So I was really, I loved it. I was a really avid skateboarder and surfer at the time. So it really went hand in hand with that. I was just always going to punk rock shows, was super into it. And honestly, I've been trying to play music and sing and write songs since I can remember. I don't even really know where to put an age on it. Maybe like six or seven was when I got my first guitar. But I... I mean, I remember trying to write songs and listen to music. Music was always a really big part of my life. So, like, definitely, like, would try to – I remember trying to write songs before I knew how to play guitar, you know, just because I wanted to, like, would listen to songs, remember lyrics to songs, and I wanted to write songs, you know, and do that. So I don't know exactly where the interest started, but I just loved to do it, and I loved music, and I knew that it was definitely a part of my life. So 
it just kind of came along naturally, I think, just trying to write songs. And I would just do it on my free time, pick up a guitar. You know, as I learned, my dad played enough chords to show me how to play some power chords and stuff. And that's kind of where it took off from there. I just started trying to make something, you know, I just wanted to do it as a, it's expressing myself, you know, through art in a way, you know, that's more of what it was about when I was younger and just been doing it my whole life. So that's what's, that's just kind of how I express myself and where it comes from. I don't really know where it comes from or where it did, but (laughs) that's how it happened. (laughs) I mean, some people are just born with it, you know, like, I feel like that's what a lot of our guests say at the beginning when it's like, oh, take us back. Like, oh, I was a little kid. And my parents always played music and I was just always around music. Like, it's just kind of, it just, you are yeah. or not. Yeah, totally. It was just kind of always there and there for me to listen to kind of get away. And then I like naturally wanted to make music when I was like, oh, I want when I Once I learned how to play guitar and got into that, you know, it just like, that was like, oh, I loved trying to write songs and that's uh, I it's hard to put an age on it but I think around six or seven was when I really started trying to like sing and play guitar I guess together <laughs> so I guess that's where I would put it do you remember what the first song you learned how to sing and play was it, it was probably a blink 182 song honestly because I was really into that when I was at that age at that era respect <laughs> but uh that and then I which is funny because then I got into more way more hardcore stuff and I learned a lot of punk rock songs like Seven Seconds, Black Flags, The Simple Tones, all these bands um, that I was really into as well, which were a lot more simple and easier for me to play than something like that. So I did learn a lot of those songs as well. Just fast, bar, fast three chord bar chords, you know. <laughs> Chris, Chris, do you remember? Do you remember the first song you learned to sing and play at the same time? For, for me, it was "When I Come Around" by Green Day. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. That's you it. know what? That's yeah. funny. <laughs> that might have been actually one of the first songs I learned too. That's hilarious. I yeah, mean, man, that's me, a good one to pick. Andrew and I are in like a, a pop band called The Stash, but you know, we we've played it all, dude. Like two and a half years ago, this project was like a folk indie project, and yeah. uh, so so that's actually something I want to ask you about because you know, how did you you guys? tour in the reggae scene and you're obviously on I guess predominantly a reggae based label but I mean just look at your most recent album right it's it's broken up into chapters and the way I interpret it is that each each four or five songs that make up each chapter it's sort of its own vibe like you have like sort of the punk the punk is like I, I believe it's like around chapter three and then the, the start yeah. the start feels very dub reggae so you, you know yeah. how, how did you sort of fall into that well so honestly a lot of those songs um, I wrote when I was on the road after once we started being a touring band days away is kind of the whole theme, you know, really focusing and just <laughs> losing everything and going, jumping into music and just wanting to hop in a van and drive around the country and tour and play, you know, just dropping everything and doing solely this. And uh, it was a big life changer for all of us, you know, as a band doing that. And it was kind of all the experiences we went through and a lot of the songs and stuff are kind of stories about, you know, or vibes about that, about us being away and the stuff we were going through individually and as a group. And uh, I don't know, some of the songs, I kind of just did it that way, honestly, because like the vibes, you know, starting out the, you know, the reggae songs obviously have a more happy vibe to them, more like, you know, everything's good and, you know, it's got that fucking Irie vibe to it, you know, and then and then the, the, the darker songs end up with a little bit more punk influence. So kind of went into that and 
into those sections. I just broke it up that way because it felt natural. And as if I was, when I had the ideas to do the chapters, it was, it was, uh, it just worked better that way. I felt, I don't know. <laughs> no, totally. I, I, I can see yeah. it, man. Um, are you sort of yeah. like the main creator in your band or how's the, how's that process um, go? Yeah, I write all the songs and then I just bring, I, I kind of bring them to the table to the guys and then we all put our own ideas and in, into them. You know, I just, I just kind of bring the progression and the, and the song written lyrically to them with a, you know, progression kind of organization. And then we just kind of go from there and put all of our own little, uh, kinks into it you know you know let you know figure out drum beats and bass lines and all that we all do that together but uh i i i do the i guess the songwriting part individually i guess and then i just bring it to the table and then we all do it together so and dude i gotta say i love the line of it's a rolling garbage can because <laughs> that's just too it's honestly too relatable we yeah we call we called it the stew but garbage yeah, can works yeah, just yeah, as well yeah. in our in our band um we, whenever we go out we call it uh you know it, it, it stews up the smell sort of boils in bubbles if you will inside of the van yeah. and no matter how many times you try to clean it six hours later there's just a bunch of shit in it yeah you and can't it's just, you yep. can't air that out no until what, you're done stop, owning it you gotta you gotta you gotta do a trash sweep every stop or else it just builds up and gets out of control oh yeah we've tried yeah. it all too you're like oh we'll just hang a garbage bag in there and like it'll be fine nope. and it's like that fills up in we like even maybe had a garbage 20 minutes can at one point dude time. we had in between the we had two seats we had a garbage bag at the main side doors a garbage bag in the third row and then a garbage bag at the back door and they all filled up in like 15 minutes and then it was just like yeah. it's, it's over it doesn't matter and yep. I'm, yeah and i'm sure a lot of people like are like what's tour like you know like our friends will ask us and and, and i think i'm just gonna start directing them to that song yeah because it is such an <laughs> accurate depiction of like the the feeling because you know the feeling of that song to me is you're stoked to be on tour but you're also pointing out like the very the, the realities of it yeah, you know, it's it's, it's yeah. sweaty, it's, it's smelly, it's 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 tough. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, oh, how's yeah, tour? Uh, totally. It smells like shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You're living in a van with six dudes for a month. <laughs> yeah, which you is know, smaller than a bedroom. Real, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and but and, we love it. You know, we're doing. We, you know, we'll keep striving for more. There you go. Yeah, man, for sure. And and it seems like once you guys started to hit it, you've been you've been hitting it pretty hard. Like, what's that? What's that been like being away for as long as you guys have? Like on a very consistent basis. Um, I mean, it's it's not for everybody, <laughs> but uh, we uh, we love it, man. I mean, I just we have we've made so many good friends over the last few years traveling around the country, and just. Uh, it's it's really a beautiful thing when you start going to these places and then revisiting them and have seeing a fan base and seeing people singing your songs and that's what really gets me you know um it's really cool just meeting people and you know and it's crazy after over the five years of us touring you know it's we've seen made so many friends and so many connections you know know everybody and know a lot of people in every state and all over and making friends and it it inspires the music, keeps us going. It's uh, it's awesome, man. I I love it. I get to see the world and be in a different place every night and play music and do what I love to do. Um, I wouldn't be anywhere else, you know. Best job ever, dude. Yeah, it's awesome. Do you get anxiety when you're home? Like, do do, do you like? Wow, I feel like I'm getting nothing done. I just wish I could <laughs> you know, be back I, out there. It, it, when I'm on the road, I, I I feel like I long for home a lot, and then when I get there. 
I'm like get stir crazy and I'm like, what am I doing? I need to I need to go play a show or you know, like we play a lot of shows when we're home too. I yeah, guess, I feel like I feel like I, I miss my bed more we, than anything. Yeah, if we, if we <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I miss my bed for sure. But definitely do when I'm home and if we're not busy, I definitely get do get a little stir crazy. I have to keep myself busy from thinking about it. You know, I'm an engineer and stuff when I'm not home. So like just try to surround myself with as much music as I can when I'm home as well. So they don't go crazy. <laughs> Very cool. How, how old are you, man? I'm 26. 26. Okay, we're, we're 25 ourselves, and we, we're just sort of starting out right now, too, in our band. We just signed, like, an indie deal. So I guess, like, it's really cool for us to talk to you because a lot of the audience on this show um, is, is, like, our peers, people in our in our circle who are like DIY bands and of course the fans of every guest each week listen but it's just like so we like to ask these sort of like perspective questions because we get a lot from it but then we also on a consistent basis have like our friends who want to be where you guys are in like two three years and are working towards that they, they get a lot from it you know so, totally totally man and we're all about that you know? yeah man encouraging other people and you know that's what it's all about we wouldn't be able to do anything we we've done without help of others and advice from other people too like you know it's all about living and learning you know 100 percent. now now I, I you know we spoke to cashed out and they had a lot to say about how they came to be on law records and it was a very interesting story the way that greg sort of jumped through the hoops on it and i'm sort of curious because i've only heard such good things about that label and i'm sure you will have the same things to say but so so what was like linking up with them how did that process go and and you know how, how did you catch the attention of them okay so Actually, it's kind of a long story. So flashback to when I was 15, 16, just starting Tunnel Vision. Um, uh, my dad um, got a uh, roommate. My parents were divorced, and uh, my dad had a roommate in his house that he got off Craigslist or whatever, put up an ad. And uh, this this guy, Anthony Lovato, ended up moving into our house. And he ended up being the... Um, tech, like the guitar and drum tech for Pepper, Slightly Stupid, Expendables, a lot of the guys on Silverback. And uh, so when I was really young, you know, he would, I, lo- I, I was playing guitar all the time and just like, you know, and I obviously admired, I like Slightly Stupid and Pepper were my favorite bands. I used to listen to those records front to back and just try to play every note. You know, those are my all-time favorite bands. And he worked for them. He would be on tour with them all year long. I honestly, I didn't really see him that much because he was gone so much on tour. But when he, when he, when he would come home, he'd bring me hand-me-downs. He'd bring me Peppers, all their old cables and guitar straps and whatever, used old used gear that they that were throwing away, you know. And uh, it was really cool. And he was just a good friend. You know, he always encouraged me to play music and, it wasn't anything like, you know, like he was at that point, it was just more of a friendship and he, he, and sometimes the pepper guys would come over to my house and stuff. I was always just starstruck and just like, whatever, you know, they'd come over with him and have a beer with my dad and my dad were kind of friends with them. And that happened. So then after he moved out, didn't talk to him for a long time, maybe like five, six years later, flashback to when I revived tunnel vision in 2012. And he had given me a call and was like, hey, man, um, see, you, you know, we've been trying to do it on our own and just kind of bringing it back. And he's like, hey, man, like, see you guys. And he, like, we should like meet up and whatever. He ended up becoming our manager. And uh, he actually he obviously had a lot of connections through what he was doing with 
does working with those guys. And uh, now he works for Sean Mendez, um, actually. That's, yeah, so that's, a, that's a sick flex. He, he's, he's their production manager, and he's on tour with them all the time. So crazy. But anyways, he kind of introduced us to to Miles and from Slight Stupid and, and Kyle and all those guys, and to that our first record deal with Whiskey Barrel Records. And then um, a few years later, we ended up, you know, we ended up parting ways with Whiskey Barrel Records, and we um, were. It kind of just he we did our the second rep, uh, record days away on our own. We were on our own at that point. We saved up every penny we had. We were grinding for like three months to save up. We spent a lot of money on production on that record just to make it the way we wanted to do it. Just produced by ourselves and the guys from we had just got we had had a tour with Real Big Fish, and they let us use their studio, and their horn players played with us, and uh, we did it all ourselves and paid you know and just saved up every penny to make that record happen and we finished it and uh anthony our manager handed it over to yasad from pepper and uh he loved the record and we were just trying to figure out a way to put it out because at this point we were on our own we wanted to do it right and we wanted to, to catch some attention and and then yasad obviously the guys from pepper being in the family with us and kind of you know, watching over us and seeing us for all those years since we were little kids, honestly. Um, and knowing who I am, whatever, it felt just right. You know, it felt like it was in the family. Those guys have always been nothing but nice to me, you know, with all the, giving me the hand-me-down gear and those just just being really cool dudes every time I see him, just being the nicest people on earth. And uh, when Yusad said, we'd be happy to put out this record for you because we you know, basically just showed it to them done, you know, like here, this is what we've done the last year. And, uh, he was like, we would love to put it out on law records if you'd want to sign. And, uh, so we did it and that's how the whole law records thing happened. So they had been, we had been in the family and just kind of, you know, known those guys for a long time, but never really connected until that point. It almost seems like you couldn't say no. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> yeah, it was I was just gonna like, say because now the fl- some, you know it's it was family, also some of the people I looked up to my whole entire life, and it was just kind of like, yeah, that's where we're going. <laughs> yeah, it kind of seemed like a no brainer. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, and it was it was it was a really proud moment for me because you know we did that whole record ourselves and put so much work and effort into it. So, you know, <laughs> lived off nothing for a while, just putting all the money we were making into that record. We did it ourselves, and to have them want to back us and help us out was amazing. So that's that's how it happened. And now, you know, now we're about to do our second release. We got the Shipwrecked EP coming out July 12th, and we just actually got out of Pepper's studio about a week ago and finished a whole other full length. So we'll be sitting on that. Don't have a release date yet on that, but we have a whole other full length ready to go. So we got tons of new music for everybody this year. Incredible. And and that full length, is that also set to come out on law? Um, yep. Yes, it will. It's just uh, we just don't have a release date yet, but I've been writing my ass off and got tons of new music and it's done. It, we've, like I said, a whole other 14 songs after the CP. So we've got a lot of new music. It's it's ready to go. Now, Hayden, we're going to test how well my co-host Andrew here listens. On our walk back yeah. from lunch in Beacon, we, I, was, wow. I was showing him some of the tunes that I really liked off your, your, your most recent album. And I said to him, I was like, dude, these horns are so real big. Fish. Dude, yeah, no, I was, <laughs> I wrote, I honestly wrote that down because 
we were <laughs> yeah we were on the way back and he was he was showing me a couple spots on the songs and he was like you hear these horns man those are some fat horns those are real big fish horns i was like yeah they that sound, is exactly they sound said, pretty yeah. legit and, then and that's funny just because it, it. that's the real big fish horn section <laughs> yeah man that, that's that's the cool thing about this podcast for me is i've been such like a fan of the American reggae ska genre, whatever you want to call it. And we, we tried our hand at it. But when we first started writing, we had like a reggae undertone for a song or two, but we just fell into this pop thing. And you, you I think you have to go with, as a songwriter, what naturally comes out. So I think it's smart to have a plan, a starting point, which for us was like, reggae pop sort of like that ballyhoo girl style album sound but for yeah. us it, it, it sort of went a little more mainstream and and we're we're 100 happy with that you know like that that's where our hearts took us so we're following it but i like totally i like that i get to to talk to you guys about the music that i just just enjoy and love on this podcast and and so one thing i've always wondered is those real big fish guys they have to be super generous huh man because they're playing horns for everyone like could you could you talk a little bit more about like that process and how you sort of linked up with them to track yeah, so the first uh we had met Billy Cottage, which was the trombone player for Real Big Fish at the time, and uh we we were opening for Slightly Stupid in San Diego in probably like two thousand say sixteen or something. Two thousand sixteen or seventeen we opened for them at the Belly Up in San Diego. And I had met Billy Cottage, the trombone player from Real Big Fish. He was backstage hanging out and he watched our show. I just introduced myself, whatever, and uh, we became friends. And and then, uh, let's see, I don't know exactly. He definitely helped us out, introduced me to the rest of the guys, and we ended up getting on a tour um, with Real Big Fish and the Expendables um, about a year or something later. And uh, we did that whole run with them, became fr- good friends with all the guys, you know. And uh, after that tour, um, was when we started doing that record, the days away, and we had finished it. Whatever, like we we met up with them. We said we had all these songs, and they're like, "Hey, well, we have a recording studio here. You can do it. That you can. You're more than welcome to do it here. You know." And so uh, we were like, "Yeah, dude, we'd love to do it there." And Billy and Matt Appleton and Johnny, they they offered to do the horns on it, and. You know, we, we, we had a horn section at the time, but obviously we've had a lot of horn players come and go. So, um, it was just an honor. They're my, one of my, like one of my all time favorite bands and just to go on tour with them and meet them was, was a complete honor. I mean, I like, I, it's so funny before I had met Billy literally a week before that I had driven from San Clemente all the way to Santa Cruz, which was like an eight, nine hour drive just to go see them. And this was before I had met him. And then a week later he was at my show. <laughs> so it was just a, it was crazy how it happened. You know, I was like, Oh my God, I just drove nine hours to go see you guys last weekend. And now you're at my show. <laughs> like it was just crazy. And uh, they're one of my all time favorite bands. And of course, when they were like, yeah, dude, we'll play the horns for you. I was completely, you know, I didn't even know what to say. I was so thankful and for whatever. And it, uh, it happened. And, that was really cool, you know. Um, really nice guys all the way around, genuine people. Matt Appleton, he's a great engineer on top of being an amazing sax player. Billy Cottage is great. He wrote a lot of the horn lines, him and Matt, and uh, he plays with the Interrupters now. He's full-time with them. They're incredible. Um, yeah, and he also <laughs> played with the band Roots of Creation. Uh, he was their trombone player as well. 
Um, we actually had done a tour. That was another reason why we became such good friends is because we were on a tour, another a winter blackout tour with the Expendables, mm-hmm. and uh, Roots of Creation was on it. And I was like, "Well, oh, Billy's in that band. He showed up, and I was like, hey, that's the trembler of a real big fish. Like, And then we were on tour with him again for another month. So we just ended up becoming good friends. And, uh, yeah, that's how that whole linkage came up i mean i'm trying to tell the best i can from the top of my head but no you're, you're doing a great job uh, man you know it's it's a lot of uh putting together time eras and this and that you know trying to figure it out in my head but oh, dude i'm terrible at that I, yeah it's really hard honestly, <laughs> I was... especially with what we do and how many places we are within a short period of time it's really hard to pinpoint certain points of time and put them together you know I always say I would want to write a book, but do I really want to write a book? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What you want is someone to write a book for you yes. about yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You could just, yeah. I could just like put all my fucking memories in one of those uh, bubbles or something like in Rick and Morty where he's got them all lined up on a shelf. That'd be a lot easier than trying to pick through yeah, my brain. I found, I found out it was there was a time like probably like a year or two after high school where I was applying to jobs and I was writing the wrong dates down for like when I worked at places. Like oh, all man. of a sudden, like I had applied to probably like eight jobs and then it was like the ninth job I was writing it all down. And then I was like, wait a second. I've done that. You can't even retrace <laughs> that, yourself. now. I'm like, <laughs> that doesn't even add up what this is. I'm like, all these other places have the wrong information now. And it's like pretty wrong. Like, it's not like a little wrong. It's like very wrong. I give up. I just call it tunnel vision time now when I'm on tour. I'm on tunnel vision time. I, all right. We're going to we're going to be stealing that and using that. Yeah, what I like that. It? I like that. <laughs> now, now there is a "Turn the Radio Off" reference on your album "Days Gone," right? Uh, one of the, one of the lyrics. Where, in, where one of the lyrics in, in the songs. Uh, it's like um, I think it's in. Oh, turn off the radio. Yeah, oh, yeah. Is is that no, was that intentional or not meant to ever be a? Uh, that wasn't meant to be that, but that's hilarious that you picked that up because okay, I've never even thought of that. No, that was honestly just rhyming. <laughs> Word. I mean, I wasn't going to ask, but then since you said that Real Big Fish was one of your favorite bands, I was just going to be like, oh, so was it like crazy to have them play on a song you referenced them in? But no, honestly, oh, well. that well, I wasn't even trying to reference that. It was, wait, was it, it's a rolling garbage can, and I am all covered in sand. So turn up the radio. It's actually oh, turn, turn up. up. Radio. You're right. You're right. Fair enough. See, I don't write down any lyrics either, too, so I have to do that. I just have to, like, run through it really quick. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. I'm just terrible at mem- memorizing things, so I'm totally going to be one of those guys who has, like, the, yeah. the, the uh, what are they, the, the things? The teleprompter. The, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm totally going to have a teleprompter if we, go can, if we get to that point. Pull a Joe Jonas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to have my lyrics be coming up to me throughout the songs, man. That's no true. shame. I, I, I want to tell a really quick story about when we were uh, touring as, like, a folk rock band. We were covering the song Hashpipe by Weezer. Mm-hmm. And fun. and uh, Chris re- revealed to me after we had toured like for <laughs> an entire summer and an entire winter, pretty much playing like playing this cover. He revealed to me after those two tours that he didn't know the lyrics to the verses and just kind of like faked singing the words or made up words, and nobody ever noticed, and I never noticed, and I so I just was blown away. So Hayden, what I would do is because I honestly tried so hard to memorize these words, but it just was not happening. I would sort of yeah. sing like when I so when I write a melody, sometimes I'd be like, I can't help but feel like you know what I mean. Like I'll have like sort of like syllabic phrases and shapes, 
So I was just taking yeah, shapes totally. and, and, and doing my best Rivers Cuomo impression. And thank God he doesn't have the best diction sometimes, especially in those early days. And I was just, you got to sell it, man. And I'm yeah, sure man, you know that. You know? Oh, he sold it because I had no idea. You're saying. Sometimes it's all about how you say it. Honestly, you put the emotion into it. You know, it, just, feel it. it was just like a mind and no yeah, one ever yeah, noticed. There you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Works. Works for me. Fake it till I you make it. it, I guess. Yeah. For sure, man. Now, uh, let, let's let's jump forward a little bit. You know, you guys are on the road and you have a new album coming out next month. What, what, what do you what, what can we expect from Shipwrecked? And, you know, what are the plans that are going to be following the release of the record or EP? Um, so we are so releases July 12th. Um, right now we're on the road touring and we are we're playing the songs live every night. So if you want to hear it before it comes out come to our show <laughs> and uh also um so basically the whole eps it's like it's kind of a concept thing it's three songs that go in and out of each other it tells a story um it's kind of a metaphorical story of love and having to leave and it's metaphor metaphorically about being on tour it's about a tour that we were on an experience that we all had and uh, we got stranded on the other side of the country. We ran out of money because of automotive issues, spent all our money just trying to get home. And, uh, you know, we felt kind of defeated. But at the same time, you know, we we joked about it and we were like, All right, we're shipwrecked because like as our our uh, our vessel, <laughs> you know, was giving us issues, you know, caused us. Uh, to get stuck on the other side of the country, we kind of just joked about it, like, "Oh man, like you know, we had to sell CDs to get home and shit." It was a, it was a nightmare. Something you don't want to go through as a band, you know, like getting, you know, running out of money far from home and just. Uh, but at the same time, we were with our friends, and it was an experience that all shaped us and helped us learn from it, you know. So it it's a metaphorical story about that, but we put it towards shipwrecked it's kind of a nautical sense of being as being out at sea rather than on tour so that's the whole vibe of it it's this whole story three songs that go in and out of each other with uh sampling in between and stuff to really kind of tell the story and we're filming a music video to really get the visual going and uh we'll be releasing that as well so we're actually filming the whole thing on this tour we've got our buddy chance filming and he's really good um so excited to do all that. It's going to be, so it's kind of a concept album, you know, it's really cool. Um, I'm excited for it. I love the songs on it. Really proud of it. Real big fish horn sections on it again. So if you guys liked the horns on the last album, you'll love the horns on this one. Oh, we and, did. Uh, Are you yep, the arranger so. of the horns or, or do you sort of let them sort of put their, put their thing on it? Um, so on days away, um, I had a lot of ideas and just kind of gave them my ideas and let them run with it, you know? Okay. Fair um, enough. I had I had some melodies and stuff. Some of the stuff they had wrote completely, so it's kind of a mixture of both. Um, they definitely made them a lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. You know what I mean? I mean, but you can't you can't go wrong. You know, were, that were horn ideas from us that we were like, hey, this is what we have. So you know, take it or leave it, if so to speak. You know, and uh, and they said yeah, and they loved a lot of them. They used a lot of the melodies that we came up with and made them even sicker so that's how that one went this last shipwrecked one um honestly just kind of let them run with that i kind of wanted just to let i just wanted to see what they would come up with so they they pretty much came up with that all on their own which is awesome 
So how's that? How's that work? You you just send them the stems and you're like, hey guys, send this back to me in a few days, or are you in the? Are you yeah? In the studio? So you, they were actually on tour in Europe like this last year, and when I had fin- we had finished it, we recorded uh, the whole EP and done it. The you know done all our parts, done all the vocals and all the instruments. Then I sent it to Billy and was like, oh, what do you think about this? And he's like, oh yeah, you want horns on it? And then they did it on like a rooftop in London. <laughs> so sending me videos of them working on it and I was like well that's cool wow that's some Beatles <laughs> like, shit right there faces on a rooftop in London recording the horns doing my new EP like trippy uh, it's a, it's a good phone call you to get humble brag <laughs> so hey man what's it like from up there <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> pretty rad but uh, yeah have you ever heard of Ormond Beach Florida Ormond Beach no I'm surprisingly not because I've spent a lot of time in Florida so Where's that? Where where's it located geographically? It's it's about forty five minutes uh, north of Orlando. Okay. Yeah. The, the reason I ask is because in my old band Meridian, we got shipwrecked in yeah. Ormond Beach, Florida, and it was before we had gotten picked up by the label we were with at the time. We were on like our last DIY tour, and we knew all the shows going down were going to be sort of like whatever until we hit Orlando, yeah. which was like the mecca for the East coast hardcore scene in like the t- 2012 yeah. times time period. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, we got shipwrecked for a week and a half. My mom's uh, Saturn outlook, eight passenger did not make it was towing too much yep. weight. And, and we missed the show. And I remember all of the people at the show were like, you guys got to get here. And we're like, can you come pick us up? It's 45 minutes away. I'm sure we can borrow yeah. beer. No one wanted to pick us up. It was miserable. So I can relate, man. I am looking forward to shipwrecked because it is not a fun yeah, experience. Man. Yeah, you'll you'll dig it. You'll dig the vibe of it for sure. If if you if you've experienced that, then you'll know what it's like. And it's it's cool. It's got you know, it's got the first song's got the story of love and having to leave, and then the next song's about everything going wrong and the ship going under, and then the next song is shipwrecked on an island, but you're with all your friends, and you know it's it's all good. Like life's not over. <laughs> we still got a long road ahead of us, and. Uh, you know, we made it through it. We survived. We're still a band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's really nothing like that camaraderie on tour because it's like whatever happens, yeah. you guys are all together in that same vessel, <laughs> you know, like yeah. you're all you're all get, uh, pulling your weight and you're a part of it and you win together and you lose together. Yep. And uh, that's what it's about. And so. you stink together. <laughs> yep. Definitely. <laughs> now, I, I, I hate to, to be that guy, but when I listen to your music, one, one of the first bands that uh, from an early age that I fell in love with was Sublime, and I hear parallels. Like, I think to say that it's like it's it's similar because of the, the nature of the music, but obviously you have your own sort of like unique take on it, as, as that's what I love about this American reggae scene that's happening right now. You know, everyone, yeah. everyone sort of has their own unique personality, which is so cool to me, but Am I far off in saying that maybe you're a Sublime, a Sublime fan somewhere somewhere along the line? Uh, not far off at all. I mean, I fell in love with Sublime very early age, and was that was a huge um, influence on my song early songwriting and influence on a lot. You know, that's kind of what transitioned me into reggae from the punk rock, and that was the first record I heard where I really you know, my eyes lit up and I was like, I love this. And I went from never hearing Sublime to that being everything. So that, you know, it completely makes sense that you'd hear it in my music. I mean, huge fan of Bradley and all of Sublime. And, you know, he was a huge part of my life. And 
a lot of my songwriting i lived a lot of my life to listening to sublime so um that's make totally makes sense for you to say that man it's uh and i hear it i hear it a lot honestly it's uh always will it's it's a huge part of my life and definitely you know influenced a lot so yeah, totally. And, you know, I always get nervous, like, asking something like that because I would hate to be labeled as, like, someone that I, no. that I really like, too. But especially yeah, in your can't. vocal delivery, you know what <laughs> I mean? I really feel it in there. And, and it just not and, and not just because it's like an American reggae band. Like, we've interviewed qu- quite a few American reggae bands, and I haven't I haven't said that yet. You really give me that that feeling and that emotion that Bradley would have in his delivery, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we were both surfers, too. <laughs> nice. Basically nice. the same person. What was it like growing up in like a, a beach town in California? Like, can you take us through that? Because that's something we have not had on this show so far. Yeah, definitely far uh, from what we experienced growing up. Yeah. I, I mean, it was uh, it was fun, man. It was full of great times. You know, it's obviously it's a beautiful place. Um, just grew up going to the beach every day, man. That's all we cared about was surfing. Um, so you just never get tired of the and beach? Skating and yeah, man, we just spent so much time there. I mean, that's all we cared about, you know? Um, so that's pretty much just what we grew up doing. Me and Jacob, you know, we were always just trying to catch waves and skate around. And, you know, obviously there was a lot of debauchery and stuff at that age and having fun partying, you know, and playing music and it's kind of what shapes what tunnel vision is and what, what tunnel vision's all about, you know, tunnel vision. That's the whole meaning of it is what we called it tunnel vision, because that's the view you get when you're surfing, you know, when you pull into a sick barrel, you get tunnel vision. <laughs> and that's what we named the whole band off of. That's the whole, you know, reason we do what we do. It's what shaped everything that we're about. The whole first album, our vibes and everything came from that, you know, from loving surfing, loving being at the beach, hanging out with your friends, skating around, surfing, drinking beers, whatever, you know, that's what, um, it's crazy it, to hear about how much surfing ha- like influences music. Cause like, I feel like it's something you don't really think about, but like, obviously there's that surf rock genre, but even besides yeah. that, like bands like Switchfoot, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. told that's a surf term <laughs> that they name themselves after. But I was also told that they basically started their band because they all surfed together and they were like, we should just write some cool music that would be sweet to surf to. <laughs> and then they became Switchfoot and it's like, now they have Dare You to Move. So it's like, yeah. thank, thank you, surfing. <laughs> yep. No, thank you, surfing, for real. And I mean, that's what we did. I mean, we were very... Um, submerged in the surf industry as well like growing up and and as being you know me and jacob both worked for lost surfboards um we built surfboards for a lot of the years we were on tour the early days and uh we were making surfboards when we were home we weren't on tour that's what we did as our jobs and they were supportive of it they let us leave when we needed to leave to go on tour and that's the reason why we were able to do a lot a lot of what we did over the last few years you know, because we didn't have a normal job that we had to go back to, you know, we were allowed to leave and do what we wanted to do because they were supportive of it. You know, they're surfers. And so when we were home, we would build surfboards for some of the best athletes in the world. You know, we were glassing surfboards. I was sanding, hot coating. Jacob was laminating, hot coating. We were putting in fin boxes for some of the best surfers in the world. And uh, so we were, we were, when we weren't on tour, we were in a surfboard factory and surfing. So like... That's pretty much, you know, we've submerged a lot of our lives into that, and it's uh, what we love. So 
it's de- definitely going to come through, you know? Totally, man. So ha- has it been the core members of the band, you know, the, the, the percussive and, and string members, has, has it been you guys from the start? Um, so Tanner Payan was the drummer, um, the last drummer on the first two albums. And uh, he's actually not with us anymore. Um, he had just taken, some, um, he just left to do some things, do school and home life and stuff. Um, and we've got a new drummer, Daryl. He's been with us for the last probably six months or so. And, uh, he's great. And he fits the, he's one, he's a homie that we've known for a long time. He's a great drummer. He, he fits with us and, uh, it's been amazing. Other than that, it's been the same four members through all these albums, except for the drummer. So. Very cool. And, and school wasn't in the picture for you, I'm assuming. Uh, I went to school. I did two years at Miracosta, but it was for music, business and music and sound mm-hmm. engineering, audio equipment, uh, audio equipment, maintenance, stuff like that. Music stuff. <laughs> so so is it, this is what I did with college, right? I went for, for uh, the, the video editing aspects, not to ever really get the degree, but to take that knowledge and be able to cut costs for our band, you know, to sort of selfishly yeah. use school to yeah, learn things. And that's what but, I did. I never actually got my degree. Yeah. <laughs> I yep. ended up taking the money I had left over. I took the knowledge that I wanted and took the money that I had left over and ended up buying equipment for the whole band and so we could tour and i ended up using the, you know i bought recording equipment started a studio and i i bought i bought jacob's first bass and bass amp with uh with my college money <laughs> hey so like told him hey learn how to play the bass <laughs> that's a good friend right there yeah yeah man <laughs> less, less than a, less of a scam than college normally is yeah. Hey man, I think I, you've got to figure it I, out. Man. I did it for the knowledge, not so much for uh, not for know, the accolades. Just, yeah, totally. Is it ever in the back of your head though? Because you know, it's rare that we get to speak to someone pretty much our age on this show, who's sort of where we we aspire to be in a few years. Like, is it ever in the back of your head that like? Oh man, like, am I on the right path? I mean, I know obviously we're all always passionate about our our music and our art, but is there ever like moments of weakness that you have to fight back? Definitely, always, man. There's always those times where you're like, uh, "Am I doing the right thing here?" Or you know, "Am I in the right spot?" Like, what am I doing, man? Sometimes you always you always find yourself running circles. You know, it's only natural to question yourself. But uh, you know, the the strong are the one who you know that peek through. You know, you can't can't give up just because you got a weird feeling about it sometimes you just got to keep pushing you know there's always highs and lows so 100 percent. i guess i guess you gotta you gotta live and breathe it and yeah man it's it's all part of it and you know and, and the lows take them and put them in your music man some of the best stuff i've come up with is when i was in my lowest points so you know it's uh if you just keep pushing through you know it's always it, it it always gets better you know it always gets better and it always gets worse it's <laughs> it's a it's a vicious cycle you know it's good man you just got to learn to love it and keep pushing you know positive pma gotta keep that pma positive mental attitude man 100 percent, dude and i think that that is a great place to to sort of wrap this this up with you know absolutely um, so is there anything else that you maybe want to uh elaborate a bit on or or just let people know where, where they can like expect in the next few months and, and all things tunnel vision you know yeah man of course yeah so uh july 12th the new shipwreck dp um if you aren't following us on instagram already go give us a follow um tunnel vision sc 
on Instagram, Facebook. You can just look it up Tunnel Vision. You can find our music on iTunes. You can buy our record. Um, also, you can listen on Spotify, all streaming platforms. We're on there. Um, look out for all the new tunes this year. And, uh, yeah, um, hope to see all you guys at our shows. And we love you. We wouldn't be anything without all our, all our listeners. So thank you, guys. Yeah, dude, let us know when you're on the East Coast, and we'll uh, we'll come out to a show. Hell yeah, sounds good, man. Sounds good, man. Keep in touch, and thank you again so much for, for being a part of this thing. We really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. And, and as always, we'll leave you guys with a tune. Here is Back in the Van by Tunnel Vision. Hop in the van. Hop in the van. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, 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 I'll edit that one in. And as always, we'll leave you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can, I can do that when we let you go. But, uh, cool. No worries, dude. No, not stressed, dude. It's so hard remembering names, man. That's why I need that teleprompter I was telling you about. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, no worries, dude. Hey, bro, have, have a good time on tour. It won't keep you any longer. Right nice on. meeting you. you too, nice man. talking to you. Yeah. Have a good one, All dude. Right. Peace, dude. Later. Chapter one. Hop in the van. It's a rolling garbage can. And I am all covered in sand. So turn up the radio. Even though our speakers are blown. I know. It'll keep us rocking down that road. Cause now these four wheels. Stranded on dollar meals. It takes everything I want. Get that bad.
hop in the van It's a rolling garbage can Anywhere you can't park, I can Cause I'm with the band 